Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Isn't It Lovely podcast. I am Tracy. And I am Rachel. We are so excited to have you today. We have the amazing guest, Gretchen Schaefer, today. Guys, meet Gretchen. She is the epitome of energy and passion and will come in for a hug the second she meets you. And she will want nothing more than to hear your story with a listening ear and no judgment. She comes with her own stories of wins and losses. Gretchen was born and raised in Rock Valley, Iowa by her outstanding parents who taught her the meaning of love, faith, and commitment. She is married to an amazing man named Adam, whose calm and steady spirit provides her with the perfect amount of balance. In her day job, she can be found selling real estate, but in her free time, she is traveling the world and has a special love for Haiti and Kenya. Today, you guys, we have a really rich conversation with Gretchen, and she details a lot about how when life gives you a plot twist, it may reveal a whole new calling. We hope you enjoy this episode. We are so excited to have you. Thank you so much for being here, taking time out of your day. Uh, there's an airplane going by because it's a huge city we live in here, Sioux huge. Falls, South Dakota. That's actually my pilot. <laughs> so truly, Gretchen, thank you for taking your time at your hugely busy day to be with us today. No problem. <laughs> you guys, there is so much joy and energy and passion in this room today. It is so exciting. It is palpable coming out of coming out of our airwaves. Um, so, Gretchen. Yes. Is just, it normal to be nervous for this kind of stuff? <laughs> Don't be nervous. Like, no. We just love you so much. And to know Gretchen is to love her. That is so true. If we could, and and we can maybe mute her microphone so she can't argue with us, but she is perhaps the most beloved citizen of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She is, in fact, the prom queen of this town. True. She is, her her crown is beside her in her sash, but she is such a beloved figure. And we're so excited for you guys who maybe don't know her yet to get to know. To get to know her. Part of why she's so special. I always say this to Rachel Gretchen, but every time you come into a room, and this is so true, I'm like, everything is just elevated. Like, immediately elevated yes. and I'm like yes like you make my energy levels just go yes. and I'm like I'm ready that, that does happen <laughs> I don't know if that's always positive but it does happen I it love it always positive and so it was so much fun actually to do a little prep for this podcast too because we thought once again we have so many different directions that we could go in but one of the things that you are known and loved for is this beautiful mission work that you do in a variety of countries. And today we're going to specifically talk about Haiti and how God put this passion on your heart and how it dovetailed into other aspects of your life as well. So if it's okay with you, maybe we can just kind of start off there. If you could just share with our listeners, what is the origins of your passion for Haiti and how did you kind of embark upon this amazing life-changing relationship with yeah. this country and its people? Um, it was very random, honestly. I My very first trip was kind of just in a funk of the church life. Like, hey, you just go to church. And I was born and raised in a great family. And it just kind of felt like, gosh, I just want to do something more. Like, And it honestly, I had no idea what it was. And I was in my car and 96.5 had an option to go to Haiti. And I was like, yeah, I think that's the answer, right? Because uh, it sounded fun. I had never even Googled Haiti. I had no idea where it was on the map. And a friend of mine, uh, Jim Fisher, actually, I told him, he was the first person I told I was at the gym, and he said, ooh, nope, and he paused my treadmill. He's like, you're not going to Haiti till you speak to this person. So I thought for sure it was going to be like the mom mode where this person talks me out of it. And it ended up being the director of Mission Haiti at the time. Her name is Pam. And her and I had coffee at... Perkins and we it it was classic and we just chatted about what she was doing 
in Haiti. And I felt really like excited about this is an opportunity to just go do something I've never done. And at the end of the conversation, she basically told me, I don't think you should go on this trip. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was really angry. I remember calling my mom and telling my mom that I just didn't understand. And I had also just gotten a really bad haircut. And I thought the haircut (laughs) could be correlated that it was bad just because it would be easy to take care of in Haiti. And now I just had a bad haircut. I wasn't even going to Haiti. Why that went together, I don't know. But I still remember being like, I got my haircut that morning. And I was like, I'm going to do something easy so that when I go to Haiti, didn't work. And uh, I just so, want to say, I remember that haircut and it was adorable. So no, this will not stand. No, no, not really. And then, so fast forward like two days, I was already devastated, not going to go. And uh, I get a phone call from another lady who said, you don't know me, but I'm friends with Pam. And uh, she mentioned you wanted to go on a trip and my family and I are going. And we're totally fine if you would join us. So I just told her to go ahead and get you a ticket. And I was like, Yes. This is even better. And she's like, we're leaving in 10 days. <laughs> okay. Um, and so that's how my journey started. And I would not change any of it. I didn't know anyone on the team. I didn't know anything about the country. I had zero expectations of what I was going to do. I had zero expectations of what God was going to do. I just knew I needed to leave or just go do something. And so I landed in a country called Haiti. Um, and I'd never really traveled outside of the U S and the smells are something that I just net, I can't describe. It's like burning fuel tires and the amount of people were just everywhere. And we got into the back of a pickup truck and we sat on a wood board in the back of the truck for five hours. Um, And so we started in Port-au-Prince, which is basically like a hectic New York City, really is what it is. And there's no rules or laws of driving. So we had people whooshing by us the whole time. And I look back and I have no idea how that was safe. Um, First of all, we were like sitting ducks with all of our luggage on top of it. Like if someone would have robbed us, we clearly had stuff. Um, but I wouldn't trade that either. Like we, I could smell everything and I could see everything and I wasn't above anything. Like I was traveling the same way the Haitians travel. Mm. Um, and it felt good like to just be with them. Um, and so we drove from New York city slash Port-au-Prince to this beautiful little village, uh, which was like your hometown. Like you just kind of envision this hometown and, We walked into the Mission Haiti compound and there were eight kids there that were, um, I don't love the word orphaned, but they've been abandoned. And so they have taken those eight kids in as a family. And I was a goner. I mean, there was no going back. They, they stole my heart. Uh, We traveled up and down the mountain and we would go give kids clothes and shoes, depending on how they needed it and register them for school. And then we would come back at night and we would sleep in a tent. And, um, those eight kids were with me for seven whole days and just shot, like showed me things I never knew existed in this world. I think I went there thinking a typical mission trip of you're going to go. I knew I would be changed. Um, 
I don't think I knew to the extent how much they would change me. And I think, like, I thought I was going to be able to help them. And in turn, they've helped me with so many different aspects of my life. So beautiful. Gosh, how many trips would you estimate you've made since then? Because that was 2010? Nine. When you first went? 2009. How many trips would you guess you've made since then? I have no idea. Um, 30 or 40? Holy moly. Wow. We no longer travel on a wood board. Which I don't mind. <laughs> oh um, but I was really angry after my first trip. Um, I struggled a lot with the... These people, those people were born the same way I was born. Just given a completely different path. And that didn't seem fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was my second or third trip where I actually learned they actually have it figured out pretty good. And... Um, that's when I knew that I would never, I had a friend of mine tell me like, you can give and give and give and give, but I'm never, I'm never going to change Haiti I, in my lifetime. I will never see a change in the whole country, but I can do a little and see a little change in some of those friends of mine, the same way those friends have changed me. And so what was really cool and such a gift as I think God knew, obviously he knew, that I was going to struggle with the two worlds early on. Um, I remember my first trip back, like, being in Target with my mom and just losing it. Like, she wanted to just buy a t-shirt. And I was like, can we just go buy one for someone else? Like, I don't need another one. I was going to quit my job. I was going to do all the things. Um, and then I realized, like, God sent me the most amazing community in Sioux Falls of supporters that just wanted to know and had questions and like truthfully the community that was created here that let me share the stories but not just share it they were like we're in this how do we help um for years I just felt like that was what I was supposed to do is tell the stories and share their stories share the experiences um to get people to realize there's things anybody, somebody can always help. You can do something. Right. And I think what's so beautiful that seems to exemplify Gretchen too, sometimes I think we could fall into like a danger of the sort of white savior complex and, or the savior complex, I should say. And I feel like when you describe it, it truly sounds like an equal relationship where there's so much beautiful teaching going back and forth and sharing going back and forth. Yeah. I, um, I feel like I get asked that a lot, like how maybe like, I don't even like to call them poor. I don't like to call them abandoned or orphaned. Um, I think, I think they're actually rich and pure and authentic. And, uh, you know, I think the things they, the things that they're missing, they aren't missing. And when I'm there and you're stripped of the things that we have here, it's pretty cool how raw and authentic they are. I think my favorite way to explain it is we went to go visit um, post-hurricane. So a hurricane came through their whole village and just destroyed tons of stuff, like homes, just complete homes. And I met this old lady and she was standing at the top of the hill and I'll never forget her face. And she just had a cane in her hand and she was standing on the top of this hill and she was looking out at the 
ocean, which was so beautiful. She had the most beautiful view in the world. And she was standing in all of the crumbles of her house. Crumbles. Like they looked like little pebbles or rocks. And I remember standing next to her and her holding me as I cried Mm. for her. And she's like, sister, God can fix all of this. And I, she's like, we just have to stand up. And like her faith. And she proceeded to tell me how she had lost her house in Port-au-Prince during the earthquake. And now she had taken everything she had to build this house and it was taken again. And like, she was telling me to stand up like their level of faith and joy is just crazy. Like what kids around here want to walk three miles to school and are giggling while they do it. Like it's crazy. With that's a whole nother podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to come. Another podcast to come. Um, Gretchen, on that note, you're talking about these people's faith and their joy. Yeah. Even in the midst of struggle. And I know you went through a huge health struggle a few years back. How did Haiti, the people of Haiti, um, prepare you for what you were about to walk through here at home in Sioux Falls? Um, they were they were what got me through. Um, when I found out I was diagnosed with cervical cancer and my doctor called me to tell me it was cancer and that I needed to have a hysterectomy and not have kids, I looked up at my wall in the office and it was full of really cool pictures of really cool kids. Um, which I look back and God knew that I was going to need those kids. Um, it doesn't make it easy. Some days I wish they were still like my kids. I tend to say they're mine, but they're not mine. Um, and I'd be lying if I didn't say like some days it's not easy, but other days, like I can look back and be like, God knew. Mm -hmm. And God has created me to probably love thousands of kids. And he's known if I had one or two of my own, I'll probably go all in and bring all the energy to that little munchkin and miss it with the hundreds of others that continue to teach me to be a better person. Wow. Um, that's a mic drop. They're <laughs> <laughs> uh, wiping away tears right. over here. Wow. I think rest he in does, that for a moment. God's pretty cool when you stop and realize the stories, mm. like, but it takes a long time to see his goodness. Um, you guys asked me like what got me through it. And I remember when I was sick, the verse that came up was in one Thessalonians. And it just says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. And I remember just being like, all right, I just have to pull it together and trust. And nine, And I think this is one of the things that's so magical about you, Gretchen, is that you are joy and positive energy personified, but you're also so authentic and you're honest about the difficult moments, but they're also balanced out by this beautiful joy. And I think it's amazing to model for people how you can hold both things at once. Yeah, I think the real truth is I love to go to Haiti. Um, but for me now it is not even close to a mission trip. It's just going to see my family. Right. And so, um, and bringing my friends here to Mm -hmm. see them Mm -hmm. and 
the amount of love and joy that I see come out of my friends that join me on these trips from my friends there that they think are quote unquote poor or impoverished is so rich of a blessing to just be like, this person thinks they've got it all figured out. And we really do think we've, I personally thought I had it all figured, not all figured out, but I knew I was living a good life. And then you go there and you're like, whoa, that's a whole nother level of amazingness. Right. And it's cool just to watch how God moves, moves people that way. Yes. I want to go back to something you said earlier about being at Target with your mom and just having a hard time reconciling the two worlds that you just saw in Haiti and coming back to the United States. And I mean, we have so much here, obviously. And we hear this a lot when people go overseas and experience different cultures and they come back and it really is a culture shock. So these last 10 years that you've been going back and forth to Haiti, how have you been able to hold both of those both of those worlds also you experience, you see, you know, I know you've seen things that will break any of our hearts. And as you said, bring you immense joy. How do you hold both of those things, Gretchen? I like that you think I hold them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not holding them equally. (laughs) Uh, I, you know, hmm. I think the answer, because you guys sent me these questions ahead of time, and so it, like, really sparked my, like, interest of what is it that allows me to do that, and I think it's just love, Hmm. and I don't know, like, I want to love people here, and I want to love people there, and so when I'm allowed to do or share a story of one of those kids and see someone here, like, feel that and change and feel that love. I think that's the only way I keep it going. Mm -hmm. Um, The stories of those kids are no different than some of the stories that are happening here. And the only answer in my mind to all of that is to just love hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the only way I try to balance it is I'm not ever going to know the answer. I'm not ever going to know the why. I'm not going to be able to figure out why they were born in Haiti and I was born here. I'm not ever going to be able to figure out why that mom had to give up that baby. I'm never going to know why I never get to be a mom. But I I can realize that the piece that keeps it all together is I, we all can love each other. And that sounds really cliche, but like, that's we all can do that. Everybody can do that piece. So beautifully said, Gretchen. I feel like you're a messenger. I'm just like, you're every word. I'm like, this is so beautiful. How can we get this to everybody in the world? Subscribe to this podcast. More of Gretchen Schaefer. Oh my gosh. I just think it's, let's just turn this podcast over to Gretchen Schaefer. Seriously. Let's not. There's a new house host in the house. Let's not. It's Gretchen. I don't know. It was interesting because I, one of my favorite quotes is by Mother Teresa because she's like one of my, Top five people that I should have probably met someday. <laughs> we'll have great coffee when we get to heaven. Um, but it says it's not about how much you do, but how much love you put into what you do. Hmm. And I try to live by that because I think here we often will walk up to people and say, hey, what do you do? When I'm in a third world country, whether it's Kenya or Haiti or 
India, like you don't ask people what they do because the, what they do is so much less than who they are. And I think if we can hold on to that, it, it makes us all equal playing field. There are so many beautiful quotes that I want to embroider on items from this. We, I, like, we're basically going to abandon the rest of our questions because like, this is so beautiful. Honestly, Gretchen, this is so... That, guys. You made me think a lot. <laughs> I never want to be known as a missionary either or as like a, oh, she goes and does these great things. Like Everybody here is doing great things too. And I look at my friends who are being a mother to their kids. That's a mission field that you guys are rocking. Um, God creates all of us differently to do different things. And for some reason, I got blessed to go love kids in foreign countries. Like you can be a servant to your own kids and teach them to do something. Um, you can be a coworker that's teaching your coworker something. Just try to be a good person and love people. And there's so much to do here even. Like I just was looking on line the other day and a lady and her son were camping behind a church door like what how do we not pick these people up and just love them somebody yeah so i think back to your question rachel of like how what would you tell someone i'd be like do it let it scare the crap out of you do it get on an airplane 10 days from now and have no idea what you're doing with your bad haircut I hear you saying to just like pay attention if you have a prompting in your heart, no matter how big or how small, pay attention and just follow through on that prompting and take that risk. Yeah. I feel like God just walks you through those scary times too that you don't even notice. You know, Mm -hmm. I was in a spot in Kenya where the lady told us we had to come between nine and 10 because by one o'clock, the adults of that area would be so hammered. It would be on, it would be unsafe. And, um, I pulled up thinking we were going to be in a really weird, like scary, scary part. And it was just, uh, a hundred yards from the main highway. And as I sat in her office at 10 five, cause no one in other countries runs on promptness. Tracy, you'd fit in. <laughs> I belong there. <laughs> I don't belong in the Scandinavian You don't, prompt. no. Proper no, culture. You would be perfect. <laughs> we call it island and time, Gretchen. Dude, it's island you don't time. even need, dude. You don't <laughs> even need a reason. You just like show up when you want to show up, and you're like, mm, awesome. I showered four hours ago, and you just got here. <laughs> but you can't ask. They just had other things to do. It's fine. <sighs> so this lady comes in, and um, she puts us in this little tiny office, and. She tells us this was her business. This is where she was running her business. And her business was loving the kids across the street. But their business had to be locked up, deadbolted. And you couldn't come to her place of work after the dark because she lived on what they called Blackout Street. And right in front of her office was a road that had no lights on it. And that's where they were doing like children prostitution and drugs and um she had started ministering to those kids as well those girls but she grabbed us and walked us across the street to the um she called them the slums i don't like that term either 
she walked us over to their home and we got to just go see these kids and see their parents that were struggling, but they were trying really hard. And I think I met the coolest angel, one of the top five people I've ever met. And this lady came out of her house, which was not very big at all. And she told us she was the midwife for that area. And I was like, what? She had lost her husband, I think. And she had decided to stay there. She could have left, but she decided to stay there. And she delivered all of those beautiful miracles in that area. And when I asked her, why did you stay? And she said, because when you know God's given you a gift, you stay where it can be used. Oh, my gosh. And she had a house of like 12 to 15 kids that the parents had abandoned them and left them with her. And she was their mom. And she was one of my favorites because I don't know if she really had her own kids. She had created her own motherhood of like amazing beauty and she could have left but she did it and the people that I run into like that I think are truly the gifts that yeah I get to experience really cool things yeah because I'm not a mom like I don't have two little ones back here that if I'm in trouble or I'm in a bad spot I have to worry about who's going to take care of them And some days that's poopy, but when you stop and actually talk it out, you're like, that's pretty cool. That is so amazing. Do you have the information for anybody that will put this in the show notes too, but for people that want more information about Mission Haiti or any place in uh, in Kenya you've talked about that you'd be willing to share? Yeah. um, The two ministries that I work with a lot are Mission Haiti. They are phenomenal. They have several schools. Is kind of education is the biggest one of their biggest avenues, and sponsoring kids is awesome. We I have a lot of individuals that have gotten to not only meet their sponsor kids, but they implement like visiting their sponsor kid house, which is super cool. Um, again, connecting like both worlds. Yes. So yeah, that is Haiti, and then there's also another or nonprofit organization. Uh, that was started out of Sioux Falls by Chase Ward called Simba Educational Ministries. And that's the ministry in Kenya that I just love. One of my favorite things that I've heard you say, Gretchen, and this is kind of underlying everything that you're saying is if you feel like you're being called, go. Yeah. But also it's equally just like the woman in Kenya. It's equally as valuable to stay sometimes. Absolutely. To stay, but do something. Stay or go, whatever, but do something. Don't, so thank you for that. That's that an amazing message. Don't underestimate what you're doing on your day-to-day life. It doesn't have to be traveling to love orphans or widows. That's It can be just being a friend or a wife or a mom. Hmm. So good. You guys are awesome. Uh, you're awesome. We love you. <laughs> this has been amazing. Wow. Okay. Um, this has been a really beautiful and deep conversation. Now we're oh, going to, now we're going to provide, <laughs> now we're going to move on to the shallow part of our show. Segway. <laughs> yeah. There's no good segue from like that beautiful, um, Guys, I can stay admin. for the shallow part cause I'm real good at that. <laughs> I, mean, I got so well rounded. I got over the don't buy a shirt at target real fast. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> 
We can do the buy two, oh, give gosh. one away. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, gosh. Okay, so for every guest, we always ask them if there's something that oh. they're loving this week. It could be anything. A quote, a poem, a book, a haiku, a business, <laughs> a, haiku. a political candidate, whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, the date of this recording yeah. is the day after election day. Yes. Episode number two. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. That would, be, that would be a very short episode. Um, so what, Gretchen, Ooh. what are you loving? Can I say Botox? No. <laughs> yes, yes, you, you can. can. I'm yes, totally kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what am I loving? And I'm, I'm going to go really, I don't know. Does it have to be a thing? Like, can it we just be... talk about the sunshine we're having today? Yes, we can. About talk about it. That's it. I love it. Just wake up and have a few nice, gorgeous fall days. Yes. We live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and our winters are harsh and aggressive, (laughs) and they beat us down. So when we see the sunshine, you guys, it is a thing. So, Gretchen, thank you for saying that. I don't think I brought the joy. I think the sun (laughs) is out. Maybe you are the sun. The pumpkin spice latte is great, too. When do we get to do um, the podcast on Rachel and you doing hot yoga? (laughs) That's what I'm loving this week. Okay, good segue. Rachel, what are you loving? Let's talk about (laughs) Rachel getting high. (laughs) It's legal. It's legal. It's legal now. It is legal now. Okay, side note, not really high, just from life. Endorphins. That was the most beautiful segue. I was going to bump it over to Tracy, but yes. Okay, what I am loving this week is hot yoga, which Gretchen, I mean, I have done a hot yoga class, but it had been a literal decade since I had done one. So Gretchen invited me to the beautiful studio, Ignite Fitness Studio. Um, That's what we love. We love, which the darling Ashley Cook, it's her studio. And Gretchen had invited Tracy and I to do some classes with her. And girls, it is incredible. Incredible. It was so great. I think I've done three different classes there. They're so positive. They're so uplifting. It's really fabulous, fun, hard workouts. And I think just what I love so much about it is the endorphins are so <laughs> unbelievably amazing. And I have not, um, personally, you know, no judgment. I've personally not done recreational drugs before, but it, I imagine <laughs> this is what it feels like when we're done. I, I called Gretchen last night and I was like, I am a flower and we are all love and the universe is a unicorn. And so, no, but it's, it's amazing. It's great. They're positive classes. And even for somebody like me, who is decidedly rather, you know, not, not a fitness guru, at this stage of life, it was just hard enough to be like really challenging, but also not impossible. You rocked it. Oh, you're so sweet. You know what? I give all the credit to the teachers at the studio and to this beautiful environment that Ashley is encouraging because again, it's so positive. It's so empowering and just love taking classes there. So I am loving hot yoga this week. Thanks, Ignite. Yeah. <laughs> they are not a sponsor of this podcast. Yeah, I hope Ashley doesn't mind. Yes. We just liked it. Oh my gosh, I'm sure she loved it. If you travel to Sioux Falls, awesome. all of our listeners across the the nations. <laughs> I love that you said nations and made it like global. For sure, I'm taking this thing worldwide. Amazing. We go global. We have one connection in Japan. It's my brother. <laughs> so, Gretchen, you're going to have to be our other ambassador. Sounds like a great job. Instead of like the satellite radios that play the Bible, I'll just hand out satellite radios that play your podcast. Um, isn't it lovely? <laughs> isn't it lovely? You've got a new satellite solar radio. Why are these women laughing so much? <laughs> Tracy, what a 
about you? What are you loving this week? I'm dying, you guys. I can't even breathe. So okay. Fun. Um, okay, well, Gretchen mentioned them earlier. I lose yes. everything. Not only am I late constantly, running on island time consistently in my life. My children are now running on island time when we go to school. I'm like, it's fine. You're five, ten minutes late. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I lose my glasses. I can't find my contacts right now, so I'm wearing glasses. So I buy these things on Amazon, and you guys have seen me wear these with sunglasses, too. What are they called? Croquis? What are these? Grandma, grandma glasses <laughs> holders. Grandma glasses <laughs> holders, I think, is, you- <laughs> is how you Google those. <laughs> I mean, oh they're God. stunning, but... I literally did. Okay, grandma glass holders. Google Tracy that. just turned 60. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. You have like your beautiful cheetah mask, which is like hip and cool. Oh, yeah. I got and a mask. This grandma chain going on. I like it. I got it. a grandma chain connected to my bifocals <laughs> because I am 60. So, guys, if you just see me with chains on everything I own, you know, like keys, phone, glasses. They help. They help. So if there's anyone out there like me who is really irresponsible and forgetful Jones, Google Google Grandma Chain Glass. I love it. Deep cut to Sesame Street of the 80s, and I am loving you for it. The thing is, that is is my nickname. Tracy's like one of the only people I know that can pull that off. And it's still hot and stunning. No, it's not hot. Tracy herself is such a gorgeous, stunning, fashionable female. And you see her with these adorable chains, like, and sunglasses or her mask. And I'm like, those are so pretty. I want to get one of those. So she is an influencer. But then when you get them, do you you feel like it's not as pretty? (laughs) Yes. I guarantee if I put those on, we'd be like... Gretchen, uh, no, you two could pull up anything need. false. Gretchen and I would be change. like, look at us, we're like the cool kids. The youths of America. It's so oh gosh, much. you guys are the best. Okay, so Grandma Chains, and we'll link it in the show notes. The official name. They're fashionable. This is like a cute little animal print that she's wearing, and it's mm-hmm. darling. Grandma, yes, grandma so Goggle Chains? What do we go <laughs> Guys, let's just cancel all our appointments and right. Let's yeah. just all be together. We're done. Yes. Well, this has been a dream. Gretchen Schaefer, thank you so much for being our guest on Isn't It Lovely thank today. You, it has been lovely. a blast. Thank you so much for joining us on the Isn't It Lovely podcast. We hope you enjoyed the amazing Gretchen Schaefer as much as we did. If you have any questions on anything she talked about, please don't forget to visit the show notes and we hope to see you next time. Bye.